commanding you to bow down. I'm on your side. By branding you as a rebel. But you're not. A traitor. This isn't freedom. This is fear. are not the government. The government is not us. This is the O-Files. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Dean O-Files. This is episode number 110. Recorded on the 12th of October. <clears throat> I forgot the month there for a moment. The 12th of October. Come at you live. Well, actually, no, that's a lie. I'm not live this episode. I didn't have the opportunity to do this one live. Um, but recording from Mega City 3, usually live on Alternative Inner Radio, ARED.io slash live. I've been gone for a minute. Uh, yeah, law school got very, very, very busy, and Zoom University School of Law is not a particularly good program in which to learn law, but in any case, man, I've been fucked up about stuff recently. Like, really badly. I'm, 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 I'm in not, I'm not in a good emotional way at the moment. In any case, I've been, I, I've, I've, I've been needing to do, I've had topics stacking up, I've been, I've been needing to do an episode, so this is gonna be very light on news, it's gonna be mostly me ranting about shit, about fucking topics that, that I, I've been mad about for a minute. But let's start first, we have an interesting article. We have an interesting article from the Volt Conspiracy, this is one of my new, uh, one of my, I mean, it's on Reason, it's been on Reason for a while, and I've always kind of enjoyed it, but it's, it's an interesting blog, it's run, uh, mostly by law professors and stuff, but, uh, this was posted by Eugene Volk on the 12th day. A fun free speech opinion I just ran across. Caney v. State, in which Robert Benjamin Caney was convicted of resisting an officer with violence when he was being arrested for profane, vulgar, and decent language. Uh, parents, uh, quote, bring the goddamned war home and the goddamned pigs. At a 1970 anti-Vietnam war rally in St. Petersburg, Florida, Caney argued that the arrest was unlawful. But the panel majority disagreed on the grounds that the city ordinance did ban this speech and had not been expressly invalidated at the time of the arrest, regardless of whether it was unconstitutional under the then-recent First Amendment precedents. Uh, Chief Judge Robert Mann dissented in a colorful opinion. Here are some excerpts. If in Stalin's time, in, this, in <clears throat> the St. Petersburg's, which had by then become Leningrad, a citizen had been arrested for cursing the goddamned war and calling the visibly present police goddamned pigs. I understand it, but Kenny was arrested at a peace rally in St. Petersburg, Florida, and I cannot understand it. Uh, the rest of the opinion is very interesting. Eugene Volk was, uh, was I'm, I'm thankful for him posting this. It's a fascinating little piece here, but uh, I'll, I'll leave that down in the show notes. Again, that's just the interesting article bit, so I'm not going to uh, go through the whole thing, but I recommend you go and check it out. It'll be in the show notes. Uh, posted to Reason today, Tom Cotton won't debate his libertarian challenger. The event will happen anyway. Senator Tom Cotton is ducking a chance to debate his libertarian challenger, even as a new poll shows the race tightening in the final weeks of what could be a rough election season for Republicans. The debate, scheduled to be broadcast by Arkansas PBS station on Wednesday night, will take place even without Cotton's participation. 
That means it will basically be an hour-long opportunity for Ricky Dale Harrington Jr. to speak directly to the voters who will decide the next month whether Cotton deserves another six years in the Senate. Cotton, who has emerged in recent years as one of the loudest voices in the GOP's ascendant authoritarian national swing, uh, appeared to be heading for an easy re-election bid, with the only Democrat to enter the race dropped out last year. Enter Harrington, a 34-year-old prison chaplain running a campaign that gives voters about uh, uh, that gives voters about as stark a choice as they're likely to find in any two-way contest this year. Where Cotton has claimed that America has an under-incarceration problem and called for deploying more heavy-handed police tactics against protesters, Harrington wants to reduce mandatory minimums and demilitarize the police. That contrast would provide fertile ground for serious debate between the two men if Cotton would agree to show up. Even before this week's debate, Harrington has made a splash. According to a poll released last week by American Research Group, a polling firm that 538 grades well, Cotton leads 49% to 38%. That's a comfortable enough lead, and every professional prognosticator has the race listed as a safe Republican win, even if the tide is turning against the GOP in the presidential race and some key Senate battlegrounds. Still, Cotton is polling at less than 50% in a two-way race, and 13% of voters say they will remain undecided. Um... Tom Cotton could absolutely lose this, and should lose this. I hate Tom Cotton, but he 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 could lose this. In fact, this is the kind of thing that I don't know. This is the kind of thing that if I were in Arkansas, the possibility of replacing Tom Cotton with a libertarian, I don't know. It might get me to vote. I don't know. I I I have no idea. I'm I'm against voting generally, but I don't know. The possibility is just I don't know. It's very tempting. It's very 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 tempting. Uh, this also from Reason. A month before Louisville drug warriors killed Breonna Taylor, they knew the suspicious packages she supposedly was receiving came from Amazon. Even after Breonna Taylor broke up with Jamarcus Glover, he continued to receive packages at her apartment in Louisville, Kentucky. That arrangement had lethal consequences because it was the main justification for the reckless, fruitless March 13th drug raid that killed Taylor, an unarmed 26-year-old EMT with no criminal record. Police obtained the no-knock warrant to search Taylor's apartment by suggesting that Glover, which, by the way, I need to clarify, the warrant, it's been going around the warrant was not a no-knock warrant. It was. The police just claimed they knocked. And they got one witness to agree with them, despite the testimony of, I believe the number is 12 other people who said they heard nothing. Uh, who was arrested for drug dealing that same night had been stashing narcotics and or proceeds from the sale of narcotics there, but according to a newly released transcript and interviews with Lewis and police officers, they knew a month before they invaded Taylor's home that Glover's packages contained neither of those things. The, uh, the story goes on, but that is the important bit. Oh, I forgot this. Let's get to the polls. Just, just for a moment. We have some polls. Uh, we have a general election. Trump versus Biden poll. Biden plus eight. RMG Research and JTN, General Election Trump versus Biden from IPD Tip. That's uh, Biden plus 11. Poll that includes Jordanson has Biden plus 9. Well, it includes Hawkins as well. Uh, and that is, I think, the most recent general election polls. They are. Uh, Biden's looking good in the States, too, with the exception of Montana. It's an interesting... <clears throat> it's an interesting thing. that the since Trump's COVID diagnosis, Biden has surged in the polls a bit. It's not a surge in the way you think of a surge. He's gained a couple points here and there. Um, but I'm not sure that'll stand. Once Trump beats COVID and comes back and goes back on the campaign trail and starts talking about how he's, you know, strong and fit and looking great and, and this COVID thing couldn't even kill him and blah, blah, blah. I really do think that he's going to gain points for that. Speaking of, uh, let's move on from Spiked. Why has Google censored the Greek Barrington Declaration? 
As much of the world gears up for a second round of lockdowns and restrictions on everyday life grow even tighter, a group of infectious disease epidemiologists and public health scientists have come together to propose an alternative. The Great Barrington Declaration was spearheaded by Martin Kohler from Harvard Medical School, uh, Sinetra Gupta from Oxford University, and Jay, uh, not even going to try that last name, from Stanford University Medical School. The declaration was bound to cause controversy for going against the global political consensus, which holds that lockdowns are key to minimizing mortality from COVID-19. Instead, the signatories argue that younger people who face minimal risk from the virus should be able to go out about their lives unimpeded, while resources are devoted to protecting the most vulnerable. The lockdowns, they argue, have not only caused an intolerable intolerable amount of collateral damage, but have also contributed to a higher number of COVID deaths. But for making this argument, the declaration has been censored. Tech giant Google has decided that a view of these scientists should be covered up. Most users in English-speaking countries, when they Google Great Barrington Declaration, will not be directed to the declaration itself, but to articles that are critical of the declaration, and some that amount to little more than smears of the signatories. Among the top results Google would prefer you read is a hit piece from the ever-conspiratorial byline Times, which insinuates that the scientists have an ulterior shady motive for challenging lockdowns. Google is also happy for you to read about pranksters signing up to the declaration using fake names like Dr. Johnny Bananas, as well as critical commentary from The Guardian and Wired. But it does not want you to read the declaration for yourself and make up your own mind. Censorship of the declaration has also spread to Reddit. The two most popular subreddits for discussion of the coronavirus, COVID-19 and Coronavirus, have both removed links to the Great Barrington Declaration. The moderators of Coronavirus, a forum uh, with 2.3 million members, have declared it to be spam. The censorship of alternative approaches to the coronavirus is shocking, but what is entirely predictable. Uh, but it is entirely predictable. Uh, and that makes it not shocking, Spike. Come on. Um... Ever since COVID-19 arrived, the World Health Organization and governments across the world have been warning about an infodemic of COVID misinformation. And the tech giants have been all too willing to play a role in censoring anything that contradicts official advice, guidance, and policy. This might make sense in relation to scam artists selling quick COVID cures, but but the main casualty of big tech's war on misinformation has been disagreement over how to interpret the COVID data and how government should respond to the virus. Um, I, I made this point the other day. Uh, these people's greatest, uh, these people's rallying cry is those deaths don't matter. The COVID deaths do. And my point has always been once the data comes out about deaths of despair caused by the lockdowns, these people will be some of the worst mass murderers in history. The governments who are putting these things in place will have committed genocides <laughs> of a type. Um, and it's going to be bad. It's going to be really, really, really fucking bad. I'm I'm going to think we could see double the numbers of deaths of despair that we usually see. Um, if you take data from, from uh, other economic downturns and you add together the fact that we don't know the increased numbers of suicide, we know they're increased. We don't know how by much given the, uh, I'm sorry, we don't know by how much given the, uh, given the isolation, the increase in depression and anxiety, all of these issues that are being ignored entirely by the bean counters. Um, they're murdering millions, and I uh, I believe the data will back me up on that when we've had the time. And of course, deaths of despair, counting deaths of despair takes a couple of years. So hold me to it. When the numbers come out, um, hold me to it when we start getting that data. I believe they will have murdered millions unnecessarily. Uh, let's move on. I just want to talk about a couple of issues. Um, but first, I, uh, I think it's time. Reddit's will to fun. It's time for who do you trust? Hubba, hubba, hubba. Money, money, money. Who do you trust? Who do you trust? I'll tell you who I trust. I trust Superior, executive producers of Xerxes, and Saw You 77. I trust producers Woe Dude, 
and absurdist fool. Um, thank you all so much for being there each and every week. You are all uh, lovely, lovely individuals. I hope you enjoyed that uh, rundown of the of privacy law that I uploaded. The last thing that I uploaded, it was um, it took a bit to make, and I uh, I kind of hoped that it would be a bit longer, a bit more substantial. But it ends up being that at, when you edit things down so things flow well, you end up cutting out a lot, and it, it came out to about, like, 30, 30 minutes of, of uh, material. Um, I think it was good material, though, and I hope you enjoyed it. Again, we have uh, uh, Executive Producers Sayu77 and Xerxes, Superior Executive Producers, I'm sorry, Sayu77 and Xerxes, and Producers Whoa Dude and Absurdist Fool. Uh, Diamonds in the Rough, Wolves Amongst Ravens, Beautiful blight, Bright Spots of Light on this uh, dark and dreary place that we all call the internet. Thank you so much for being there. Um, uh, yeah, I can't remember what I was going to say. Ah, I was going to say, I want to do more shows like that. I think they're a little more substantial than just going through news stories that don't change from week to week. Um, I've been, you know, I've been sick of, uh, of, of constantly talking about the same goddamn news stories. Um, the, this election cycle, I, I thought it would be exciting. I'll tell you the truth. I like elections. I, I think elections are fascinating. I like polls. I like data. I like all, I like, I like all of this stuff, but this cycle just feels like such a waste of fucking time that I have a hard time getting excited about it. I have a hard time covering it because it's, it's, it's just a waste of fucking time. Um, it's really kind of upsetting to me. It's the, the political. The political landscape has absolutely sucked the joy out of here. You know what? This isn't proper conversation for the credit segment. Thank you so much to Superior, Executive Producer Saw You 77, and XRC, and Producers Woe Dude and Absurdist Fool. If you thought your name should be there, go ahead and check your subscribe star account. There are a couple of people who were removed by the system. Um, but for those of you who are there, thank you so much. If you'd like to join them, you can do so. Subscribe star, uh, you can find the links on Alternative Internet Radio. AIRAD.io or the rogue file, roguefile.com. There are donate donate links there. And I thank each and every one of you so much for being there. And uh, if you if you cannot or wish not to donate, download the show, join the Discord, tell a friend. Any of these things is helpful and absolutely complete totally invaluable to me. Um as as support for the show. You it's it's some of the greatest thing you can do is just download and tell a friend. So thank you all so much uh for being there, every single one of you. All right. Uh, like I was saying, the the, the um the political the, the political landscape has just sucked the life out of me. Um, there are too many people talking who don't know what the fuck they're talking about. That really really annoys me. And everyone's listening to them because, of course, they are because they write for you know uh, the New York Times and the Atlantic. Uh, and the Washington Post and all these other outlets that are considered being papers of record, even though um, the people writing in those papers don't know a goddamn thing. The the political uh, sort of... I have to explain this. I, I, I am an anarchist, I am libertarian, all these things are true. However, politics is interesting to me not as a, a pursuit, but it's interesting to me as a, a form of sociology. I'm fascinated by it. I'm fascinated by the things that politicians are allowed to get away with. I'm fascinated by the gamesmanship. I'm fascinated by the strategy. I'm fascinated by the, by the 
let's call them the wheels of authoritarianism the 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 the, the mechanics by which author authority is allowed to be vested in people who do not deserve it these things fascinate me and there's a great book on this actually there's a uh there's a book that i recommend i need to pull it off the shelf so i can say the author's name but the book that i recommend on this is called the dictator's handbook uh, it's written by bruce bueno de mesquita and alistair smith um incredible book when I was getting my political science degree in undergrad, my, uh, I had a, a, a political science teacher, civics teacher, basically, who did not teach out of a textbook. He had us actually buy books, and he had us buy, you know, that book in our first year, and it was incredible. Um, and I still recommend it to this day to people who are curious about authority and power and how these things get vested in people. And that's what fascinates me about politics. The problem is that the political process at this point is no longer about that. And I think I'm coming to understand this. I'm coming to understand that since 2016, politics has not been about vesting authority in someone who doesn't deserve it. It hasn't been about the gamesmanship. It hasn't been about the strategy. It hasn't been about all of these things that made me interested in it in the first place. Become a battle of who can demonize the person they're arguing with the most. Now, sometimes that's part of the strategy in the gamesmanship. And, and in, that, in those instances, it's interesting and fine for me. Um, you know, sometimes you say the right or the wrong thing, and it can affect the polls and all these other issues. I, I, I've said before, I think Biden's best moment in that first debate was when he called Trump a clown, and I think his biggest mistake was walking it back. Um, that was a great, great moment, and it was a, an incredible piece of... It, 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 told, it told people that he was whether or not he is, and he certainly isn't, I'm uh, sure, uh, actually. But it, it, it would sell to the average voter that this man is genuine, he's genuinely angry about what's been happening, all these other things, that, that he then walks it back and it just, the wind is out of the sails when he does that. But um, these are the things that fascinate me about politics, and it's no longer what politics is. Politics at, the, at this point is, if you agree with the left to the right, you are the literal incarnation of Satan, and to the left, you are a saint, and vice versa. That's not political conversation. That's just bullshit. And politics has become entirely that kind of bullshit. I mean, it used to be that two politicians on a debate stage would argue about their records. You never see that anymore. Uh, you didn't see it in the vice presidential debate. And this is something that's pissing me off about politics, too. You have two parties running who are supposed to be their best. And Mike Pence, sitting on a stage with Kamala Harris, can't say, you put an innocent man in prison for 18 years, and you took a woman's children from her. Are you proud of that? He just can't say it. It speaks to me to the fact that the Republicans have no fucking clue what they're doing. And the Democrats are no better. The Democrats have no fucking clue what they are doing, or they would not have run Biden. Both parties are absolutely shitting the bed, strategically. And it's because they're both operating on bad information, I believe. I think the Democrats are afraid to keep the left on the sidelines, and the Democrats are afraid at the moment that they're not going to pull the votes that they need from the, uh, from the left wing. And I say that because the Democratic Party is pretty moderate. I mean, the, the left wing, not even so far as Bernie, but Bernie and beyond. Um, 
And the right, and oh, by the way, the left is also, the Democrats are also uh, uh, trying to pull Republicans who are jumping ship. This is the Lincoln Project's grift, and it's a fucking lie. There are no Republicans about to jump ship from Trump and go to Biden. That's not going to happen. If anything is going to happen, they'll just stay home. They're not going to go vote for fucking Joe Biden. That is a massive, massive uh, pile of bullshit that the Lincoln Project is out here selling. It's insane. But the Democrats bought it, and... The Republicans, I think, have bought it as well. I think the Republicans are afraid to anger their base. I think the Trump campaign in particular feels like it's running on a... The Trump campaign feels like it's barely holding on to its base, it seems, and that's simply not the case. The Trump, cam the Trump base is there, and it is solid, and they are not, not hardcore Republicans. This is something that Justin R. Young talks about uh, in his, uh, in, uh, by the way, he just started a new Raise the Dead series. It's very, very good. But the first Raise the Dead series, he talks about the fact that the Trump base sees Trump as Kennedy. Republicans hate Kennedy. The Trump base is not conservative Republicans necessarily. The Trump base is Trump people. And so the, it, I, I think... I say that to say, I think part of the reason that they're not having Pence go out there and attack Kamala Harris for being a fucking monster, a woman who kills people, a woman who puts people in cages, innocent people, a woman who takes children from their mothers because they were late to fucking school, I think the reason they want to attack her on that is because they feel that their base is a law and order type base, and it's just not the case. And by the way, even if they were, they're not going to jump ship to Biden. And I'd say they probably wouldn't stay home either. Because Trump has already claimed the, uh, the, the uh, uh, criminal justice reform thing. He already said on the debate stage with Biden that they've been letting people out of prison. If they were worried about that pissing off his base, they would have worried about it there. Beyond that, we are now on to the Amy Coney Barrett hearings. This is day one. It's, just, it's, it's finished up today. Day one has. Got a couple more days of this. Uh, I'm just going to say from, from the very beginning, they're going to go really easy on her. This is going to be about, uh, the ACA, Obamacare, and by way of that, they're going to talk about abortion a little bit, but they're not going to hammer on her the way that they probably should. Um, because she is, she's, I don't, I personally don't think she's a good justice. I think he should have gone with Lagoa. Uh, Lagoa was a better choice. And she uh, would not be nearly as divisive. She's still got the Catholic thing going for. I believe Lego is a Catholic. Um, anyway, I, I and not you know, I don't know what you individually think of this. I think Amy Coney Barrett's brand of Catholicism is a bit of a cult. Um, it's not regular Catholicism, but uh, regardless, they're not going to be as hard on her as they could be. They're certainly not going to be on hard as her as hard on her as they were with Kavanaugh. And again, they probably should be. I think, though, there's a reason for this. I think there's a couple of reasons for this. Number one, they're scared to be. I think they're scared to be really hard on her because they don't want to look like they're hammering on a woman who is about to reach the highest. Uh, well, in the words of Justice Robert Young, they're about to reach. She's about to reach the highest pinnacle of what her career will allow. And so they, I don't think they want to look like they're hammering on her too hard. But even beyond that, they, uh, I, I think they're depending upon this idea of court packing, or at least some. Some segment of the Democratic Party is, depending on the idea of court packing. Um, maybe not even the people in charge, but they certainly convinced some of the people that they're going to pack the court. What does this mean? Uh, because this is a thing that 
I see a lot of opinions thrown around about it, and it's nobody's right. Um, but I don't. I shouldn't say that. People are right about it. They're just not the opinions you see thrown around. Um, packing the court would involve under a Democratic legislature and a Democratic president as well, adding some number of justices to the court so that the court would be. Uh, the, the verbiage that's thrown around is more ideologically balanced, but of course you just want people who agree with you, um, or who you think will agree with you, and this is another thing I'll talk about here in a moment. But, effectively the way that it would work would be this. The, the, uh, it doesn't take an amendment to do that. Um, Article 3 of the Constitution gives Congress uh, broad discretion. I've seen it. Uh, I see here the, the the piece that I'm going off of here is a, is a, is one that I'll put in the show notes. But they say broad discretion for uh, uh, Congress to control the judicial branch, its functions and form. So the, it would only take a, the passage of a law to change the number of justices. It would not take an amendment. So what Democrats would have to do is win the legislature. They would have to win the presidency, because, of course, the law has to be signed. Unless they would have the votes to overturn a veto, which, not likely, I'm going to say. And then, at that point, you can say... I mean, they can make whatever rules they want to make about packing the court. They could say that, well, we want to add five justices and have them appoint five more. Or we want to add whatever. Whatever. It doesn't matter. They can, they can make whatever rules they want to make. Uh, the, the, the plans that I've usually seen is making it an 11 justice court and just appointing two more uh, with, of course, a Democratic president because the Democrats would want someone who they think is going to agree with them. But that's pretty much it. Like, like uh, you don't have to pass an amendment to make it happen. It just takes a bill, a bill. That's it. Piece of legislation. And uh, you can do it with whatever scheme you kind of want to. Uh, you know, there's some yeah, limitations on that. But for the most part, you can just do it. You can do it however you want. And then the president would appoint and fill seats, and then you would have a court that's more ideologically balanced. <sighs> I, I mean, I think it's possible. There's a lot of people who are like naysayers, like, they're not going to pack the court. Why would they do it? It's happened before. We started out with a six-justice court. We got nine now. How'd that happen? <laughs> people acting like this doesn't happen. No, it absolutely happens. It has happened. The history of that's actually kind of interesting. It went up and down a few times. Regardless, this, this court packing thing, I, I personally think this. I think it could happen. If the Democrats get a strong enough showing in the legislature, totally could happen. If they win the presidency, they have to get the strong enough showing in the legislature and they have to win the presidency. Yes, could happen. Could happen. Uh, might be after Trump even, but it could happen. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, but I don't think they would do it. And this is based on the fact that they're fucking stupid. The Democrats are stupid. And I'm not picking on them. I've, I've spent this entire time talking about how stupid the fucking Republicans were. The Democrats are equally stupid. Their, their schemes, their plans, never fucking work. They never work. These people suck. They suck at the game of politics. And so I think they're probably lying. I think they're probably lying to the people, convincing them that, yeah, we'll just pack the court. Don't even worry about it. We got you. We'll just pack it. No problem. I don't think they have any intention to do it. But that's because, again, I think they're stupid, and I also think that politicians are liars by default. They might. It wouldn't be particularly ballsy. It's happened before. It's not strange. Everybody would be up in a tizzy about it, but nobody really gives a shit. And it, frankly, it would just speak to... It would just go to one of my running theses about, about, uh, about politics at this point, is that 
the things that as um, as American faith in institutions falls, and it has been falling for decades now, as American faith in institutions falls, the 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 security and stability of those institutions will fall with it. This is why we've seen an increase. I mean, uh, on the timeline of the American presidency, you've seen more and more rapid attempts at uh, you've seen more and more rapid attempts at impeachment in recent times. It's like it's being compressed. And I think the same is true for a lot of these things. So yeah, changing the number of justices on the court might might just be a thing that we do now. Um, kind of like impeachment is at this point just kind of a thing we do now. When it used to be a big deal. So um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did it. I, I don't suspect that they will, if that makes any sense. But as far as the way that they're going to handle the hearings, it's mostly going to be... Uh, it's mostly going to be ACA and uh, a little bit of abortion stuff. Because they don't want to look like they're being mean. Uh, mostly. There's some other reasons, too. Um, I think they don't want the same circus that happened with Kavanaugh, either. Because that was a circus. And, and it, it, it sort of reduced the amount of respect that... I think it reduced the amount of respect that the, that the public has for the Senate, generally. And they don't like that. We'll see how that goes. I just find it to be... I don't know. I just find the whole thing fascinating. Um... As far as the court's concerned, the politics of it all is at this point, God, it's just so tiresome. And it sucks because it should be the most interesting time. I mean, this is fucking clown world. This is the weirdest timeline. This is everything is upside down. This is like the most strange that you could expect could just happen tomorrow. The most strange thing you could expect to happen could just happen tomorrow. And it wouldn't even be that surprising. So it should be the most engaging and the most fun time to be into politics. But frankly, it's the people, the people who are who pretend to care about politics now after decades of not giving a fuck. And, and because of that, they're ignorant. It's really, really sucking the fun out of it because they're so vitriolic and they're so angry and they're so wrapped up in their own fucking shit. Like they're so they're so wrapped up in their own opinions on these issues that you're not allowed to just say anything. Because you'll, somebody's going to find some way to demonize you. Which doesn't bother me. It, it ruins the conversation. It absolutely ruins the conversation. And I'll tell you what, too. Part of it is that that's the only interaction that a lot of us are getting right now. That's the only interaction that a lot of us are getting at the moment because of this COVID-19 bullshit. The, the only interaction that a lot of us are getting is the fucking toxic shit on the internet. Which is fun in moderation. It's part of the reason that I've sort of been burying my head in some law school stuff and not really wanting to do the show as much. It's because it's all just so fucking toxic at this point. Nobody's making any good points. Everyone's an idiot. Everyone is stupid. Nobody knows what they're talking about. And even when they do, they can't help but wrap it up in some bullshit. Because that's what gets clicks. It's really, really bothersome to me. I, I can't wait until everyone gets sick of it. I cannot wait until everyone gets sick of it and it's just me and you. You guys who are nerds enough about politics to listen to this, um, I cannot wait until it's just me and you again. Because the influx of ignorant assholes, and I'm not just talking about people with whom I disagree. People with whom I disagree, while some are ignorant assholes, they're not all ignorant assholes. Some of them know what they're talking about, I just disagree with them. Those people I like. Some of you listen. But, I mean, if you're one of those people with whom I disagree, but who knows what you're talking about, you must agree with me on that. That the, the influx of people who have no fucking clue is one of the most annoying things on the planet. Now, I said I was going to get to this in I said I was going to get to this soon. The idea of, like, what it means to nominate a Supreme Court justice and what that means politically. 
Because we've always been told, and, and this is another thing Justin Young pointed out, um, we've always been told, like, you know, well, you might want to vote third party, but remember the Supreme Court. It's like the most important thing, right? Remember that? Okay, well, it's really not. I'll tell you why. The, um, first of all, you never know how a justice is going to vote. And I say this, eh, you, you do. You can know how a justice is going to vote. Hell, you can guess exactly what they're going to say in their opinion. Uh, if you're a person who reads their other opinions and sort of follows the court and stuff like that. If you're a more normal person who doesn't do that shit, um, you don't really know what they're going to say. Uh, you know, your, your, your average sort of uh, talking head on Fox News doesn't know how Amy Coney Barrett is going to rule on, on, on a goddamn thing. And that's not just Fox News, that's everybody. Because those people don't have any fucking idea what they're talking about. Um, those are all the people, if you remember, those are the people who were shocked at the Roberts opinion, at the, I'm sorry, at the Roberts opinion in the, uh, recent, um, in the recent, uh, abortion case out of Louisiana. They were shocked, shocked that Roberts would uphold, uh, or would rather would strike down that Louisiana law that existed only to get in the way of abortions. And they were absolutely shocked that he would do that. And it's like, well, no, if you know anything about Roberts, you can see that happening easily not saying you had to predict it, but if you know anything about Roberts, you shouldn't have been so close off to the idea. But they all were. Because they don't know. And I'm not, I, I want to be very clear about something else, by the way. Because listening to myself speak, it, it sounds like I'm just talking about like how I know all this shit and no one else does. That's not the case. There are plenty of very, very intelligent people who know far, far more than I do about this stuff. It is the, it is the damning criticism that I can say that other people don't know as much as I do about it. Um, in certain areas, certain limited areas, uh, and that's what's ruining it for me. Because if you know less than I do, God, you know nothing. You know what I mean? So I'm not trying to say that I know fucking everything. I don't. I was wrong about Amy Coney Barrett. I thought he was going to pick Lagoa. I thought he was floating Amy Coney Barrett's name just to, you know, stir the shit, and then he was going to say Lagoa. Because Lagoa's a great pick. I'd have picked Lagoa. If those were my choices, Amy Coney Barrett or Lagoa, I'm going Lagoa every day. But that's not the point. Point is, I was wrong about it. So I don't know everything. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm wrong half the time when I try to make a prediction. But I'm familiar with the court to some extent. Not to the extent of some experts and court watchers, but to some extent, I'm familiar with the court. I can kind of pick some of the motivations of some of the justices. Some of them are a bit of a mystery to me, but, you know, uh, a guy like Roberts, I feel like I kind of understand Roberts. I kind of understand Gorsh. I kind of understand uh, Sotomayor. So it's, it's one of those things where I want to be very clear. I don't know everything. I'm not, I'm not saying I know everything. I just, I know some stuff. <laughs> so I don't know. But, but the people who know less than me were shocked when Roberts went that way on that abortion case. But if you know what the case was, and if you know what Roberts has written about it before, and if you know the way that Roberts thinks, it wasn't a shock. It was expected. Or at least it shouldn't have been surprising. Not really fair to say it was expected. But the... In any case, I, I just get really, really, uh, I, I get really bothered by the fact that it's all bullshit. I mean, bad legal takes is full right now of just absolute bullshit that people are spouting about, about, and with authority too. I mean, these are blue checks. And again, that's some of the only interaction that we're getting is that toxic bullshit. Or at least it is for me. I shouldn't speak so, so broadly. I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't speak so collectively. For me, that's some of the only interaction I'm seeing. And it's really bothersome. It's really, really bothersome to me. Really, really, what am I, a child? Um, that's pretty much it. We're gonna see how the uh, we're gonna see how this thing goes with uh, with Amy Coney Barrett. She's gonna get on the court, and of course, we're gonna have a bunch of wailing 
women with purple hair on the internet uh, regarding that. Women who just loved Ginsburg. By the way, I was speaking to my I was speaking to my girlfriend about this. All these women who just absolutely loved Ginsburg and they found her so inspiring. They don't know shit. Uh, they don't know what they're talking about. Um, the, I'll let her talk about that. I want to have her on the show to talk about that. So I'll let her talk about that later on. Maybe. I don't know. She's reticent to come on the show and, like, give her name and stuff. So we'll see. But, um, I don't know. It's, it's just a lot of people who never cared about politics until 2015, and now it's the only thing in their lives. And the lockdowns hasn't helped with that. But now it's the only thing in their lives, and sadly, they don't know what they're talking about with regard to it. And it's sapping my energy. Which is why I like doing another show. It's why I liked doing that legal rundown on... And I'd like to do more things like that. Because fucking that, that was fun. That was actually a fun thing to do. And I feel like I actually gave you something. That wasn't just talking about the same goddamn news cycle every week. And it, it, yeah, it, it's, it, it took a while to make. And it would make shows a little bit more rare. But I think it would make them infinitely more valuable. I might go back to doing... Let me know what you think on Twitter and in the Discord. I might go back to doing like a... Sort of a quick hits news show every now and then, and just trying to make shows like that. I used to do the Dino Files quick hits. It was it was like really short. I gave myself like like twenty seconds, thirty seconds to talk about a news story, and and just ran through them. And I would put up like a at the end of the day, I would put up like a ten minute show of just news stories, headlines, boom, 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 boom. Um, got him out of the way. That's when I was doing more theory on the show, though, too. So, but I'm, I'm thinking about just do, going back to sort of doing that kind of thing with the news, because I'm fucking sick of the news. And then, um, and you are, too. Don't pretend like you find that fun. <laughs> um, there's probably a few of you who are news heads who just really love hearing the news. Um, but most people at this point, and I'm getting the vibe from a lot of people, that people are just sick of the news. Because uh, it's not interesting. I mean, one thing that has been talked about, and I would be remiss if I didn't talk about it, is that there's a war on um, right now in Armenia. The Armenia, they're, they're calling, I mean, the headline on this story calls it the Armenia-Azerbaijan conflict. Turkey's involved. Uh, Azerbaijan put Turkey in charge of their air force, I believe is what happened. Um, I'll just run through a little bit of this. As Armenia and Azerbaijan apparently rejected calls by France, Russia, and the U.S. to halt their violent clashes in the disputed uh, uh, Nagorno-Karabakh region, Worries mounted the conflict would escalate to a full-blown war and drag other countries into it. The death toll has now exceeded 100 as Russia, France, and the U.S. have called for a ceasefire. Russia has also offered to mediate talks between the combatants. Uh, the, Krim uh, the Kremlin separately called on the warring sides to de-escalate tensions and show maximum restraint. As uh, the conflict centers on Nagorno-Karabakh, a region that was of Azerbaijan that was controlled by ethnic Armenians. Following the collapse of the Soviet Union, uh, Nagorno-Karabakh broke away from Azerbaijan. Uh, the ensuing war killed some 300,000 people in the early 1990s. Ceasefire was reached in 94, uh, but Nagorno-Karabakh remains in limbo. Uh, gonna scroll down a little bit. In a speech to the Turkish parliament on Thursday, President uh, Erdogan said, quote, given that the U.S., Russia, and France had neglected this problem for nearly 30 years, it's unacceptable, it's unacceptable that they're involved in a search for a ceasefire. Erdogan also said that peace will come to Nagorno-Karabakh only when the Armenian occupiers withdraw from the region. There's a war on! <laughs> and you don't fucking uh, uh, no, n that is not being mentioned anywhere on the news it's not in your feeds it wasn't in mine until I think it was Eigenrobot on Twitter put it in my feed so like uh, this is a thing that that's been going on now 
I mean, I've been retweeting about this now for like a week. No one's talking about it. This is the kind of shit that I'm talking about. The, the, the news is, is dog shit now. And it's just boring. I think it's boring for me, and I certainly think it's boring for you, especially if it's boring for me, because I'm not going to put on a good show. So I'd like to change things. I'd like to do something else. I'd like to do maybe with some more interviews. I'd like to do more of the sort of shows that I put out earlier. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. I think it's really fun uh, and really good and interesting. Um, I'd like to do more stuff like that. I'd like to do maybe just some quick hits news stuff, but I'd like to get away from news. I'm sick of it, and it's sapping all my energy, and it's not fun. And I don't think it's what you guys want, especially, especially you guys who are on the subscribe star. I don't think I don't think that you're donating for me to sit here and in a monotone voice read the fucking news. So yeah, I I mean I like talking about like the Senate confirmation of uh, of Amy Coney Barrett. I find that interesting. I, I like talking about um you know things like Brenna Taylor. I like talking about the political stuff. I like talking about you know Google censoring COVID nineteen stuff. I mean this is all newsy, but it's not just news. You know what I mean? That's all stuff that I find interesting and 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 would keep talking about. But the as far as just looking at the news, I I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. And I think you are too. And um, I don't think it's what you want. And it's not what I want to make. Not anymore. I was really proud of that. I was really proud of that, uh, of that earlier, that privacy, uh, uh, the most important phone call that ever happened to you. I was really proud of that. And I, I'd like to do more like that. And, and in, instead of just, you know, only being a news show. I don't know. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you think is a good idea. Let me know what you think is a good idea on the Discord, on Twitter, and um, your your feedback is would would very much be valuable. I, I would love to hear uh, what you guys think about that. Um, I guess I, I guess I'm sorry to end on such a down note. I've just been I've just been in a bad place recently. Um, I'll get through it, but I've, I've been in a bad spot. So I'm sorry to end on a down note. But thank you so much for listening, and thank you to those who donate. Thank you, thank you for downloading. Thanks for telling a friend. And um. You know, I'll see you next week. I will, I will, mm, I'll put something together and I'll see you next week. Thank you all. Thank you all so very much for sticking around and, uh, for, for supporting the show. It matters a lot to me. And, and again, your feedback is, is not only welcome, but very much solicited. So feel free to leave that wherever you can get a hold of me. Thanks so much. And, uh, we'll see you next week. I want to thank everybody who hung out in the chat and kept me on my toes during this recording. You can do that every week, A-I-R-A-D dot I-O slash live. I want to thank everybody who listens to the show, everybody who downloads the show, everybody who rates us and gives us a review on whatever platform you listen on. I want to thank the producers, all you glorious and magnanimous people who support this show. You can do that on A-I-R-A-D dot I-O or on the Rogue File, roguefile.com slash donate. Uh, you can find the things that I write on the Rogue File, roguefile.com. Remember, you can find me on Twitter at Dean O Files. You can find the network on Twitter at Altnet Radio. Go ahead and give us a follow there. I love every single one of you glorious freaks, and I will be back with you next week. Y'all have a great week. This has been an alternative internet radio production. For more great shows like this, visit AIR at AIRAD.io. That's AIRAD.io.